Okay, we are um, continuing with our study of the Shiva de Nechemta. And what I proposed last week in the opening shiur was that the phrase Nachamu Nachamu Ami um, is, uh, is really an opening not just to that particular nevuah, but to the whole section of nevuot that goes from Perak Mem to the end, and perhaps includes Perak Lamed He also. And that the first five sukim are in the plural because the individual, whatever his name is, who's speaking to the people, is sharing that God has spoken to a group and said, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, I want you all, your group, it's your job, Lenachem. We looked at the, the section then after Pasuke where it shifted to the, to the singular and we saw that there was a singular message there. And the singular message is that God is control, in control of everything, which inherently is not a component of Nechama. In other words, there's no inherent consolation in that statement. And yet we're going to see how it builds. Now the question, the overriding question that I want to pose for this entire series is why these seven sections and why in the order that it's in. And the reason I ask that is because you'll see that it does not go sequentially. In other words, where we left off last week, the next passage is actually the Haftarah of Parshat Bereshit. Lama Yaakov. The Haftarah that we're seeing today is eight chapters later. And then we're going to skip to Perak Nundalad. And then we're going to go back to Perak Memchet, and then back to Nundalad, and then we're going to go to the latter part of Yeshayahu. So what's the thinking behind this sequencing? Next week, by the way, the Haftarah is not going to be one of the Shiva Nechemta, because Rosh Chodesh El was on Shabbat. We're going to stay with the Shiva Nechemta, though. We're going to stick with, the, with those, even though the Haftarah of Rosh Chodesh is also from this section of Yeshayahu. All right, so what I'd like with the, the, the passage starts here, Vatomer Tzion. This is the Haftarah, Vatomer Tzion. Uh, and it starts at the, in the middle of Perak Memtet of Yeshayahu. It goes through all of Nun, which is a very short Perak, and the beginning of Nun Aleph. It's the, it's one of the two of the longer Haftarot, and the three of the longer of the seven Haftarot that we have of Nechama. And so I'd like us to picture it as if the first five Sukim are an introduction to each one of the Haftarot. And by the way, this is not unusual. You see this in many of the keynote that we, that we read on Tisha B'Av, where there is a formulaic, repetitive introduction to the Kinah, and then you go into the specifics. We see it in Slichot all the time. Now, I'm not suggesting that the text actually ever included this. But I'd like us to picture it this way, because a Navi, and I'm going to suggest it may be a different Navi, is getting up and giving a different message, not a conflicting message, but a different message to the people. And then along the points in history where these Haftarot were selected, which may be as early as the fourth or third centuries, maybe even earlier, um, the, the choice was made to pick this Haftarah to be number two, to follow the opening ones, to follow it, so we have to figure out, A, what's the message of this Haftarah? B, why is this now the second one? And what is the, shall we say, the position of this Navi? Now, it could again be the same Navi, but 
there's no reason to, to, to necessarily be committed to that. So again, Nachamu Nachamu Ami Omar Eloichem, Dabru Alevi Yerushalayim Ikiurei Le'ala, Ki Malat Sva'aki Nertza Avonaki Lakcha Miyad Adonaki Flyin B'chol Chatotaya. Again, the Navi is sharing, I'm part of a group that was told this. Now this is a different Navi who's got the same message because he's part of the group that was told this. And kol korei bamidbar panu derech Adonai yashru ba'arava mesila le'eloheinu. You will see that when we get to the latter haftarot, I'm going to drop that line out of the introductory part uh, because they are no longer going to be crossing the Midbar. But as far as now, as far as we're concerned, we're still in Bavel. Basically, the whole road is going to become straightened out. Everybody will see this. Now, let's move to our Haftarah. So Tzion, and again, personalized, just as it is in these opening sukim, and we saw it, of course, last week, and we saw it, Bigadol in Echa. The city of Yushalayim turned into a woman, a mother, a grieving mother. And here Tzion says, Hashem has forgotten me. Hashem has abandoned me. Now, Tzion is not necessarily the place Tzion. It may be the people Tzion. It may be both of them. Here, it may be the place, and we're now getting the picture of Echa, Yashva Vadad, the city sitting all alone without her children. Watch Hashem's response through the, through the words of the Navi. And this is, I believe, the response to Echa. And I'll tell you why I'm saying that, because Echa is composed from all the evidence that we have, at least the first four prakim by Yirmiyahu. And we're going, to, in, we're going to look back at Yirmiyahu at the end of the shiur today. And this is a book that is associated with Yishayahu. It's not Yishayahu Anavi, but it's associated with Yishayahu. And there are two different perspectives on troubles and on calamities and on the relationship with God in that context. So now, what's the answer? Now notice I've highlighted certain words here in green. So at the beginning, uh, I highlighted in two different colors. I'm going to, you're going to see why at the end. But you'll notice that the word for son and daughter shows up six times in this Haftarah. And other words of parenting show up six times here. As is if to say this entire Haftarah is about the parent-child relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Bnei Yisrael and between Sion and her children, which is us. So now, HaTishkach Isha'ula, this is God's response through the Navi to Sion that says, I've been forgotten by God. God says, would a woman ever forget the one that she has born? Me'rachem ben bitna, and not just forget, would she avoid giving comfort and consolation and compassion to the one that was in her womb? Shot in this pasuk is, even those things could get forgotten. A woman could get to the point where she forgets her child. I would never forget you. I am the ultimate mother to you, God says. Now, by the way, notice the switch. Sion, which is the grieving mother, and she'll be that again, although not grieving, later on, now is the child. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the mother who will never forget her. And God then says, Hein al kapayim chakotich. 
I have engraved you into my hands. Your walls are always in my, I'm always aware of you. Unlike the mother who could forget her child. Your children are coming quickly. Now, for Drusha, this this word is fantastic. This phrase is fantastic. It's used to say, you know, your worst enemies are from within you. But that's not Pshat. Pshat is those who have destroyed you and those who have spoiled you or hurt you will leave. In other words, your children are coming and they're going to push everybody out. Now, this may be referring to whatever Bavlim are there. This may be referring to the Shomronim who are making trouble. Unclear. And now, I want you to look around you, Shalim. Look around you. And now he's talking to the city. All of them, all of your children have gathered and they've come to you. Here's an oath. You are going to end up putting them on like a jewel and adorning yourself with your children like a kala puts on her, her vestments. These children who will replace the ones who have destroyed you will be glory for you. Now, they haven't come, but they're coming. Indeed, you have destroyed cities and desolate cities. Now you're not going to have enough room for people to live there. It's going to be so crowded. Check real estate in Yerushalayim. And those who would swallow you will be distanced. The picture here is clear. I'm bringing all your children back. And they're going to squeeze out the enemy. And they themselves are going to be crowded. There's not going to be room, which is a great sign of glory. Everybody wants to be there. You're still, you're going to hear in your own ears, Yerushalayim. B'nei shikulayich literally means the children that you've lost, that you've buried. But of course, you haven't buried them. Sarli hamakom kshali v'yesheva. I don't have enough room. Give me some room to live here. Now, by the way, this was extremely poignant in the 1880s when the city of Yerushalayim was only the old city of Yerushalayim and there was simply no room. And finally, people started building neighborhoods outside of the city because of this exact sense. We have no more room. We got to break out. What a great bracha that is. But suddenly there's so many Jews. We need more room. What are you, Zion, going to say in your own heart? Where do these kids come from? Who bore them? In the meantime, I'm a bereaved mother and I'm all isolated. You may remember that phrase from Hoshanot. I am exiled. I've been pushed away. The Elan Migidel, who raised these kids? And what's the answer? I've been alone. Where do these kids come from? In other words, it's like the mother who refuses to accept that her children are still alive. She's so mired in her own pain. This is Echa, that she can't see that her children are coming back. And this is God comforting us. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to be shocked into the reality of, of salvation. And now, Elohim, And this seems to be shifting the message. I'm going to raise my hand against the Goyim. I'm going to raise my flag against the nations. 
they are going to bring your children in with a chotzen. That's like the corner of a garment. And your daughters are going to be carried. You know, the nations are going to carry your children home. Your workers, your artisans will be kings, meaning kings of other nations are going to come to be artisans for you. Their princesses are going to come to be nursemaids for you. They'll bow to you on the ground. They will lick the dirt of your feet. You will then know that I am Hashem. All those who have hope in me will never be ashamed. In other words, an absolute turnaround is going to happen. And you have to again ask the question, what is the message here? And why is this the message that follows the message of Nachamu, which is, of course, God is the one who creates everything. Why? And he continues. Can you rest the rest with a W? Can you rest away the booty from, uh, from, a, from a, a powerful man? He's looted. Can you take it from him? Can the, the 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 theft taken from an innocent man finally get free? And the answer is, Indeed, the captivity which is taken by the Gibor will be taken away from him. And the Aritz, the big Macher who's taken something, it will get be taken back from him. Who's going to fight with your enemies? I will. And I'm going to save your children. Now, just right away, we got to step into a little bit of an explanation here. Given the geopolitical reality of this time, of Galut Pavel suddenly being shifted because of Koresh and because of the Persians' uh, overthrow of Bavel, Persian Median overthrow of Bavel, suddenly there is a tone of a possibility of some sort of redemption, but still we are not sovereign. We're certainly not central. We're not important players on the world map. Think how powerful this message is and the possibilities that, that inhere in this message. And so then, those who will hurt you, I'm going to make them eat their own flesh. They will be drunk with their own blood, as it were. It's an important theme that repeats here, which is all matter of flesh will know I'm the one who redeemed you. Now, why that? Why that everybody should know? Because let's go back to the opening line. What does Tzion say? God has abandoned me. What's God's message? I'm going to make the redemption happen in a way that the whole world will see that I'm with you and I'm taking up the fight. Part two. I'm going to touch back on this at the end. What get did I ever write for your mother? Your mother being what? Call Yisrael, Zion. Did I have a creditor that I sold you off to pay off a debt? In other words, you're claiming that I've abandoned you. That's the, the beginning of the claim. You know why you were sold? Because of your own sins. And your mother was sent away, very different than I sent away, passive, 
Your mother was sent away because of your own sins. Who's your mother? Claudia Yisrael. And now God says, I've come and there's nobody there. And this is part of the poignant pain of this call, is I'm calling you to return. And of course, we know, historically, very few people responded. What am I, not able to redeem you? Am I not strong enough to redeem you? I don't have strength to, to save you. Look what I did when I was angry. I dried out the sea to redeem you. I turned rivers into a desert. The Arden, when he crossed. The fish all died because there was no water there. And, and, and died of thirst, which is an ironic phrase, right? For a fish to die of thirst. I could make the heavens, and I do make the heavens, become black, meaning no rain. And I turn the heavens into wearing sackcloth. I have power over all this. I don't have the power to redeem you. Why aren't you responding? And now the Navi opens up a corridor into his own experience. And again, same or different Navi. God gave me the ability to rhetorically teach and convince. Even to encourage those who are already too tired to listen. Think Mitzrayim. And what God does every day is he wakes my ear up to learn God teaches me how to speak to you. And now I'm going to speak to you to wake you up. He opened up my ears. And I didn't rebel against it. I didn't back off. And what did I do because God gave me that message? God gave me a message of redemption. And by the way, what happens when you have a message a little ahead of the time? Everybody makes fun of you, if not worse. He gave my back up to people who were going to hit me. People slapped my cheek. I didn't hide myself from all of the shaming. Why? Because I know God's going to help me, and therefore I was not ashamed. Now notice what the Navi is saying. I have stood up, and it sounds very much like you, Miyahu, I have stood up to ridicule and shame because I had the message from God and people who weren't ready to listen to it. I listened. I wasn't ashamed. And why am I telling you that? Because the only time that the Navi shares autobiographical data is to inspire the others. Great example. You should be ready to listen to this and not be afraid and not be ashamed and stand up and take this message. It's a great message. I know God's going to help me, so I wasn't embarrassed. I wasn't ashamed. I made my face like a rock, not willing to budge, and I knew I wouldn't be ashamed. Karov Matsdiki, I know that the one who's going to support and to validate me is very close. Let someone take me on. I'll, I'll go against him. Somebody wants to challenge me, I'll, I'll deal with him. And again, it sounds very much like Yirmiyahu. But it's not Yirmiyahu. Who's going to help me? God. Who could finally, possibly find me guilty if God's on my side? 
If you look at it, it sounds like we heard last week. All matter of flesh, they come, they wither away like the grass, they're gone. Here, the moths will lead them. Listen to who he's talking to. Who among you really fears Hashem? Who will listen to his Evid? Who's his Evid? Me. I'm the Navi. I walked through the darkness and I didn't have the light. Do what I did. Trust in Hashem. Rely on Hashem. You all have taken upon lots of fire, lots of pain. Take that fire and walk with it. We've all experienced this. You lie down in pain, but get ready. The redemption is coming. And watch how he ends. Shimuelai wrote Faith Sedek. Again, please listen to me. Those of you who wrote Faith Sedek, seek out God. Habitu el Look to the rock that hew you, nukartem, and to the to the cistern from where you were formed. Who's that? Habitu el Avraham Avichem el And you wonder why this is here? Because it's going back to the parent child relationship. Who is your father? Avram. Who's your mother? Sarah. Go look back to them. Ki echad karativ. I declared that Avraham was echad. By the way, that's in Yechezkel, it's not God, it's the people saying echad Avraham. He was one, and I made him many. I could take care of you. And here's the final line. Now remember the opening line of the whole section? Nachamu, nachamu ami. And now watch how that comes full circle. Ki nicham Adonai Sion. That's a me. Nicham God indeed has comforted Sion and all of her ruins. Remember in the Nevoah, we have that God takes the river and dries it out. God destroys the sea. And now he's going to take the river. This is like the end of Tilim Kuf Zayin. He's going to take the desert and turn it into a beautiful garden. The Arvata Kigan Adonai. There will be great rejoicing uh, here. Now, what is it we see in the Saptarah? So besides the very neat inclusio of Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, and, and the end, Nicham Hashem Sion, Nicham and the many references here to parent-child relations, what is it that's going on? So I want to just point point you to one delightful Midrash which is in uh, the fifth parak of Brachot, that um, that I think in a, in a way cuts into what we need to, to see here. On the pasuk atishkach isha ula, so Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? Klum eshkach olot ve'elim u'pitrei rechamim shikraf tefanei b'amidbar. Do you think I'll ever forget all the korbanot? And that's the plan ula, like ola that you brought to me. Amar lefunam v'neshalam ha'lil ve'ain shikchal dipnechi seich vodecha Hashem lo tishkach limasei egel. Since you don't forget anything, you're not going to forget my sins either. That's the curse of a great memory. The blessing of a great memory is you remember all of the shurim you ever heard. The curse, of course, is you also remember every embarrassing thing you ever did. Amar lagam ela tishkachna. The end of the pasuk. Those will be forgotten. What's pshat in ela? Ela tishkachna because ela elohecha Israel. That was the cry of the ega. Amar lefonam eshalam ho'il ve'en yeshikchal v'echzavecha. So if you forget stuff, Maybe you'll forget Matan Torah, which we accepted with a full heart. What's Anochi? 
It's a beautiful drashma. Now, when you declared about another God that's your God, I'll forget that. Anochi, that I'll never forget. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story, I'll show you this Kamara, and then address properly the whole piece. 43 years ago, I got into a huge debate with Harav Yol Binun. I was davening for the Almud Friday night, a little bake concert in Ofra, and I had some friends who were getting married that week on Tubav, and so I led, did L'Charodi to Odi Shama. Rav Yol came up to me afterwards and said, why did you use Odi Shama, the tune of Odi Shama for that? So, um, so I said, uh, because after all, Nachamu is the remarriage of Am Yisrael to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I quoted the pasuk that you see in front of you from Yirmiyahu. Lemor, hein yishalach itesh ishad ishtov v'alchah meitov v'aital v'ishacher hayashu v'leha od. Could a man divorce his wife and he marries, she marries another man? Could he, she ever return to him? Halot chanof tachanaf ha'aretz. We read about it in Dvarim. That's tumat ha'aretz. Machzir gushato. And then, nonetheless, the adzanit re'im rabim v'shuvelainu mashem. And yet you have hoard with many others and I'm asking you to return. To which the Gemara in Yoma says, look how great shuva is. It cancels out a mitzvah lotase. Wild rush of Rabbi Yochanan. He says, if Am Yisrael does shuva, they get to blow past the lotase of Mazir Gushato. So I said to Rav Yolov, I knew this Gemara, I said to Rav Yolov, so you see in your Miyahu that God divorced the Jewish people. Rav Yolov comes back to me right away and says, Right here. What, did I ever divorce you? And good-naturedly, we had the debate until finally I said, well, I actually did it for Haggai and Debbie who were getting married. And so, you know, it was very nice. Who's right, though? Did God divorce the Jewish people? Did God not divorce the Jewish people? Is Yumiyahu right, or is this Yishayahu piece correct? The answer is, they're both correct. Notice what Aaron Navi says. He says, he doesn't say you weren't divorced. He says, I didn't divorce you. What happened? You got divorced. Your mother was sent away because of your own sins. In other words, I didn't choose to send her away. She went away on her own. Reminds me when I was a kid, I had a friend whose mom had a sticker, a post-it on her refrigerator. Not for a moment. Had a very interesting sticker. It said, if it seems that God is far away, guess who moved? Great line. Said, I didn't send you away. You went away. And now I'm asking you to come back. So which is the accurate piece? Depends on your perspective. From the, from the perspective of your Miyahu, what he's saying is you guys have been so bad that God has pushed you away and now God wants you to come back. From the perspective of our Navi, it is, it was the behavior of your ancestors that distanced them. And now the door is open to return and listen to me in return. But the bottom line I want to get to is, why is this the second Haftarah? And I think the essential message of this Haftarah seems to be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a singular, intimate, exclusive relationship with Kla Yisrael, which is intimately tied up with Sion, both as a place and as an ideal. And it's something that will never be traded away, that will never be dismantled, that will never be abandoned, ever. So, Asma, 
And what about all the messages about God's power in the world that come in this Haftarah? Because let's go step by step. The first message of the Navi is, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, very nice. God is all-powerful. That's what we heard last week. God is all-powerful. It has to be in the Shir. Asma, how does that impact on, on Nechama? Because the second piece is that God has an exclusive relationship with you, and therefore, since God is all-powerful, you have nothing to worry about. The redemption is coming. And therefore, the second piece of this process of, of Nechama is to know that God who has committed to comfort you is the God who controls all of this. And now with the whole world as his palate, and the seas and the deserts and the oceans and everything else as him, him to manipulate as, as he wishes, he turns to a little desolate mountaintop in the Middle East and says, God is comforting Zion. God is bringing her children back because you are all my children. And therefore, your children, Sion, I am going to bring back. You are going to see a revolutionary change such that instead of it being desolate, people are going to be elbowing for room in your own city. And Baruch Hashem Shizachinu, that in our own generation, we have been zochah to see a fulfillment of this nivua, at least in part.